This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views conveyed by the guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information shared by the guests on this program are those of the guests and are for informational purposes only. They should not replace the medical advice of your veterinarian. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This episode features helpful advice for pet parents during Pet Dental Awareness Month and cold weather tips from a pet expert. That's what's on our show, so let's get started. Come here, babies. It's time for a treat, the Doggy Diva Show. Here's national award-winning author and animal advocate, Susan Marie. Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves. Thank you for joining us today as we bring you the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Contact us at thedoggydiva.com. That's the D-O-G-G-Y-D-I-V-A.com. We love hearing from you, so go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. With us to share timely and important tips for pets and pet parents is Monica Late, president of Professional Pet Sitting. Hey, Monica, how are you? Hi, great. It's February, and I'm always so conscious because sometimes it's really good when things happen during the month and they make these like pet tips for the month or awareness for the month. But one of the things, and I know my um, vet always sends out you know, whether there's a dental special, whether they're doing something special with dental chews or whatever it is, February is Pet Dental Awareness Month. Can you like give us some advice or share some advice for pet parents who want to stay on top of their pet's dental health care and maybe a few tips to make sure that not only they make their appointment with their vet, hopefully during February, because I know that there are some sometimes great opportunities during that time, but also just to stay on top of their pet's dental care throughout the rest of the year. Pet Dental Month is hands down one of the most important awareness months, in my opinion. Dental health goes straight to a huge factor in the health and longevity of the pet. You know, when pets get dental disease, that affects, you know, their heart, their kidneys, their liver. Because what happens is you have all that plaque and bacteria that's adhering in the mouth. And every time that pet's chewing and swallowing and drinking, and it's all being filtered in through their body and it's got to filter through the kidneys. It's got to filter through the heart. 
It causes, you know, diabetes, renal failure, high blood pressure, just so many things. So being on top of the dental care can add years onto, you know, the pet's lifespan, keeping them, you know, healthy and just kind of putting off some of these major things that come with aging in our pets. I know in a lot of people too, when you talk about going in and having pet scalings done, a lot of pet owners are concerned over, you know, oh, they lost teeth last time they were in and, you know, are they going to be able to eat with no teeth? And, you know, oh, I hate bringing them in because they're always losing teeth and things of that nature. And the more you're on top of it, the less teeth that they're losing. But when that tartar and bacteria sits there for long periods of time, they're losing the teeth because it's it's literally eating away at the bone and the root line. So there's so much, you know, more to it. It's not just nice, pretty, pearly whites for Christmas pictures and cute, cute puppy and kitty smiles. You know, it really goes back to the whole, you know, health and longevity of the pet. And there's so many different things you can do at home. And I always tell clients there's no one fit solution because every pet's different and every home is different. I always just say, you know, if you just find something for dental care and stick with it, you know, some people will get out their little finger brush, you know, that they get at the vet's office and brush their pet's teeth with the uh, pet dental toothpaste every day like clockwork. Some pets won't let you get near them with that thing. You know what I mean? With the finger brush, you know, you'll get little nipped fingers. It just, every pet's different. So there's so many different things out there that you can do. They've got, you know, dental treats. And I always, you know, inform clients if you're doing treats, you know, always watch for ones that are dissolvable. You want something that takes them a while to chew it. And sizing is really important. A lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, I'll get the big ones. I'll cut them in half or you know, I'll just give them half today. It'll last longer. But the whole idea behind a lot of those dental chews and products is, you know, it'll have some dental enzymes in it, you know, stuff that's in the toothpaste, but it's made to have that abrasion and that chewing time. So definitely, you know, follow the instructions for the size of your pet and, you know, give them that appropriate size treat because that all goes back to the amount of time that they should be chewing and, you know, really getting that abrasion on the teeth to kind of draw or lose that plaque and tartar that's on there and keep it from crusting into a hard formulated plaque callus. And there's mouthwash type things that you can score in the pet's mouth. There's additives you can add to the drinking water. There's powders that you can add to foods. There's just so many different things out there and you don't have to do them all. Just find one that works for you. Whatever the pet owner is going to be the most consistent with. And usually I find if it's easy, then people can keep up with it. If it's going to be difficult and cumbersome and the pet's not going to enjoy it, it's not going to last. People are not going to want to, you know, do that every day. You know, then you lose that on the dental care. So anything that the pet likes that's dental related or anything you can keep up with, just stick with it. Keep up on your regular scalings. And, you know, like you had mentioned, Sue, it, so many vet's offices do specials during this time of the year or they'll have like coupons off dental care, or even percentages off the dental scalings, uh, maybe dental treats. A lot of online distributors, you know, like your Chewies and things like that, they'll do a lot of pet dental chew specials during February. So definitely be on the lookout in your area to see if they're if you're needing a dental, you know, what kind of specials are going on. Maybe it's time to stock up on your favorite dental prevention treat, stock up during that time and, you know, get it at a good price because nothing more beneficial for your pet's health than keeping up with that. We're talking prolonged life. And the other thing is 
when you're putting a pet under anesthesia for a scaling, they're usually running blood work. They're usually doing things prior to make sure that the pet can handle the anesthetic. But as your pet gets older, you know, there's always going to increase risk in older pets. So if you are worried about your pet getting older, staying on top of the teeth is even more important at that age because you don't want to get to a point where they're developing kidney issues because they have a lot of plaque retarder or they're developing issues that may make anesthetic an even higher risk. So then you have a pet that the vet is not comfortable putting under anesthesia to do their teeth. And it happens so often where the teeth are not kept up with, and then they start having issues and then the pet stops eating, you know, because their teeth hurt. So they're losing teeth or teeth are breaking and you want to sedate them and clean it up, get rid of the infection, help. But you really can't because it, you know, at that point becomes too risky to sedate them. So always stay on top of it, especially in our senior pets. Your veterinarian should be able to tell you the safe ages for your pet to be getting dentals at, following with the blood work, making sure that it is, you know, within their age limit to, you know, have the dental done and keep up with it as much as possible because it will really truly make a world of difference in your pet's health and longevity. You know, Monica, that makes so much sense. And I think that sometimes people don't see the importance, not that it's not, they don't see the importance, but I mean, as your pets get older, I know that with Francesca, we regularly had dentals with her and she got to be 17, you know, she passed away when she was almost 18 years old. And she had, you know, she had like you're talking about, they get like a little bit of tartar or whatever in their mouth. My vet gave me something that actually helped. I would like put a, a glove on and go in and just kind of rub it on her teeth, the solution. And it will kind of over the course of time, like kind of loosen the tartar. So I was, I wasn't going in with a toothbrush. She only had like four teeth left in her head, you know, because she was so old, but it, it helped me to stay on top of it right until we lost her. So when you have a senior dog, work with your vet. There are things out there, like Monica said, there's things you can put in their water. There's solutions that you can use. There's powders you can use. There's different things that you could do that will help to stay on top of it because we almost lost a pet due to kidney disease because of her teeth. Her teeth were not good when we adopted her. And so we learned the importance. And this was many, many years ago. This was um, the greyhounds are notorious for bad teeth at the time. And we had to stay on top of that. It was so important. So yeah, especially when they're seniors and you can't take them where they can go under, there are ways that you could work with your vet to make it happen so that you could stay on top of it with them. But I just wanted to ask you a question for the listeners. What would be like early signs of dental disease that they should look out for? People look at the teeth, but they don't always look in the very, very back of the mouth. So if your pet can kind of stay still or if you have somebody to help hold, if you just lift up the gum line in the back of the mouth, that's where you're going to start looking because that's you're going to get black and tartar in the front teeth well after the back is already getting pretty gross. Mm -hmm. Like the back will definitely be an issue because they're mainly chewing with those back molars when they're eating. They're chewing their kibble back there and it's forming. And then they'll have the little gums and the hair and the fur and all that stuff to where, you know, you don't really see in the back of the mouth. So check the back of the mouth, check and see if there's any discoloration, any kind of raised bump that's plaque, bacteria, red gums. If there's any inflammation, you know, on the gum line, 
all signs of periodontal issues. And generally, people think, oh, my pet's eating great. It's fine. She's fine. It takes a long time. Like we're talking about bone loss, gum loss, a whole lot of plaque before your pet's going to really start to show a lot of signs of not eating well. And at that point, it's usually extremely severe. And that's when they're losing all their teeth. That's when you're having big time problems. Of course, if your pet's not eating, it's always something to check on. But really just be cognitive of looking at the pet's teeth if you can, you know, especially the very back ones. That's so and important. both sides. And, and, and I know that was, Brandy had one, this big molar in the back, and that's the one that we had to watch, you know, for a couple of years. So that that is very important. Believe it or not, some pets will chew on one side of their mouth primarily. So if you look at one side, it may look great, but the other side won't. So yeah. I always tell people, you know, if it's looking good for a while, you know, <laughs> make sure you're checking both sides periodically because you could have a pet that's the right side chewer or left side chewer <laughs> and not even know. It's so funny. It's like humans. Well, Monica, as always, this is great information. And for those listeners out there, February being Pet Dental Awareness Month, though every month should be, it's, I always put like a little sticker on my little calendar that I have hanging up on the wall so that not only do I know when to give them their heartworm, all the medicines, I put everything up my refrigerator looks like a sticker farm, but um, I have for the dental, I have for each month has a different value to it. So February is Pet Dental Awareness Month. And I just want to ask one quick question. We're talking about the dogs. Any quick tips for our kitties, our feline pet parents? Yeah. So with the cats, I mean, they do make chews and like little treats, not necessarily like big chew bones, but they do make dental treats for cats. But I've had really good success with mine with the powder that goes on their food. They can't taste it. It's doesn't smell. It works really well and easy for the cats. That's great. Yes, because we can't forget our kitties because they need this too. So, okay, everyone with February being Pet Dental Awareness Month, don't forget, get in touch with your vet's office if you can get an appointment. Hopefully you may not even need a dental, but just in case you do, you're right in there for it. As always, Monica, you brought us great information and I thank you so much and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. We'll be back in just a moment. Hello, everyone. Susan Marie here to tell you about the award-winning three-book series, The Doggy Diva Diaries. It is a trilogy of heartwarming and inspirational stories about Miss Olive, a lonely little rescue pup, hoping to find her forever family and friends and a life filled with love. In this series, Miss Olive learns that it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside, it's the kindness and love you have on the inside that counts. Available at Amazon. Barnes and Noble, and other online booksellers. And please visit us at thedoggydiva.com for more information. Thank you, everyone. Coming up, keeping your pups healthy, safe, and warm in the cold winter months. Stay with us. Molly, here's your dinner. <coughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. 
That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. As a pet parent, I want to ensure my pups are healthy, safe, and warm in the cold weather months. With us today is Kim Gable and K-Line Relations Specialist at Bill Jack Foods to share valuable cold weather tips to help us keep our fur kids safe and warm when the weather is cold outside. Welcome back, Kim. Thanks for having me on, Sue. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Now, the weather's a little cold outside, but how cold is too cold for our pups? Yes, it is getting a bit chilly outside. And and of course, you know, I think that it's always fun to talk about cold because it always varies. You know, I know you're down in Florida, so cold to you and your dog might be a little bit different to us up here in Northeast Ohio um, for our dogs. So um, it all kind of depends, but there are a few numbers to kind of keep in mind or to watch out for. So the first number I would say is 45. So at 45 degrees, some dogs may start to feel a bit cold, might feel a little bit more uncomfortable, might, you know, feel that cold pavement on their paws and not be as excited about going outside. Once you get to 32 degrees, then the cold starts to kind of be a bigger issue. And, you know, this is especially true. So I know I know your girls are all small dogs, right? So mm-hmm. smaller dogs with thin coats, older dogs and dogs with medical conditions, you know, dogs with short noses, like um, those cute boxers or French bulldogs or Shih Tzus or um, Mastiffs or Boston Terriers and Pugs, they tend to be a little more susceptible because of those short snouts. Um, they tend to be a little more susceptible to cold temperatures and hypothermia than other breeds. So 32 is that kind of all important kind of number. And so according to the AKC, once it gets to be about 32 degrees or colder, you should limit the time outdoors for your dogs, especially those sensitive breeds we just talked about, to about you know 10 to 15 minutes max. Uh, if you have a, a medium-sized dog or a larger breed dog, they might be able to stay out to up to 30 minutes, maybe, if they're acclimated to the temperatures that are built, right? So, so, so we've talked about 45 degrees, we've talked about 32 degrees. The next number to remember is 20 degrees. And at 20 degrees, the potential for frostbite and hypothermia increases significantly for your dog. So, you know, and, and of course, all of this, I, you know, I say all of this, but all of this is also affected by the wind, and the wind chill, the dampness, you know, is it snowing? Um, is it wet outside? Uh, you know, are there sunshine or clouds outside? So some of those things also can be helpful or not so helpful to your dog outside. But those are kind of the three big numbers to pay attention to. And of course, I, I always say it's good to look at what is your dog doing? Pay attention to them. They'll tell you if they're feeling uncomfortable, right? They might be shivering. They might be whimpering or limping, you know, maybe picking up a leg or two, um, urgently trying to get back to the house. So if they're giving you those signs, right? I mean, I, I know that my dog sometimes, you know, he would be so excited to be out in the snow and then all of a sudden he'd be cold and he'd pick up two feet and fall over. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, so, so it's, again, a lot of times they'll be telling you that they're feeling a little uncomfortable. So it's good to, good to watch out for those things, you know, and obviously a jacket might be able to help a little bit for that comfort, but still, you know, with their paws, it's, you know, obviously a lot of times are more exposed. Not all the dogs love to wear booties. So that those are things to kind of keep in mind when you're thinking about cold temperatures. And that's really good advice. And us being down south, I have to tell mm-hmm. you, even even though we may not get to 20, but we do hit that 45 and 32. And mm-hmm. if it gets below 70, 
I mean, mine want their sweaters on. It's like yeah. they want to cuddle and huddle. And so I, I think that wherever you are, where there are the cold temperatures, and having lived in New York, I know about those 20 degrees and those wind chill factors because I remember mm -hmm. walking the dogs, trying to put booties on, but always having a, you know, a good thermal coat to put on them so that they weren't cold. So that's great, great, great advice. Now, what are some activities that we can do with our dog inside when it's too cold to exercise or play with them outside? Yeah, I know we're all looking for, you know, what can we do inside to keep them occupied because we're not outside walking like we usually are, or maybe playing fetch. So, so there are a few neat ideas that you can think about. I always think it's fun to play hide and seek. You know, that's a great indoor mm -hmm. game for, for dogs to stay active. You could take like one of their favorite toys or a yummy treat, you know, like one of our Bojack Original Recipe dog treats, and you can hide them. You know, you can hide them in a hand. You might be able to hide them, you know, in a particular, like in maybe a, a bunch of pillows or, you know, behind the sofa. There might be some different places where maybe, you know, your dog likes to go and look for things uh, where you can play a little bit of hide and seek with some of those toys. You and I have also talked about puzzle games. I am a huge fan of puzzle games. And, you know, those are some of those, uh, you can find them a lot of times in the store. They're really an activity that's both mental for your dog, um, you know, and, and, it, and it really challenges them, right, to think more about, you know, how to find the treats that are inside this little puzzle. They might have to move a door, or open a door, slide something, um, get under something. So those are always kind of fun and those kind of take up some, some great time. Another idea is an indoor obstacle course, you know, uh, getting a few um, pool noodles. You can uh, actually take a pool noodle um, and uh, one of those little boogie boards and you can cut the pool noodle in half, put that pool noodle, glue it to the bottom of that boogie board. And then you can have like a little teeter totter and, you know, you can have some things that your dogs can jump over. That's so you can great. make it kind of fun and interesting, yeah. you know, and have a little obstacle course and you can make a little play tunnel. They certainly sell those, um, you know, maybe uh, have them run around the laundry basket. <laughs> you know, there's different kinds of things uh -huh. to do that, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of money, just a little bit of ingenuity and you can have a little bit of fun with them at home. And, and of course, I'm a huge proponent of training. You know, training is yes. so critical to your dogs. It, it's important for them to kind of know what to expect. It helps to keep them safe when you're telling them to stay. Um, and it helps to keep other people safe, like when you're trying to have them not jump on someone potentially. So, you know, it's a great time to learn a new trick, you know, so you can, you know, teach your dog how to wave or maybe you want to have some fun and teach them how to play dead. You know, those are really great things to be able to do. And uh, and I know that we have uh, at Billjack, we have a few training tips out on our YouTube page uh, that you can go out there. We've got Joel Silverman that we work with, who's, yes. you know, Joel. Yes. He's and, and those are great videos because they're like little, small, short bites. They're, it's not, you know, you're not investing hours. It's like, it's perfect. I know me personally, not not just dogs, but me personally, I, I don't want to be training for a whole lot of time. Yes. Right? So it's fun to have kind of kind of like a little five, 10 minute kind of snippet that you could practice with them and have some fun. And you could, you know, do it at different times during the day. Dogs are also very situational. So in, if you teach them how to do something in the in the living room, that doesn't necessarily mean that they know what to do outside, right? So, so it's important to kind of practice it in different places. So you could always practice in different places in the house and be able to um, have them learn a, a few new tricks. So that that's always really fun to kind of find some other activities. Last but not least, it's always great to rotate their toys. Do you do that with the girls? Yes. I, well, I have to with Sassy. The other two now just sleep on them because they're so old. <laughs> but Sassy, I have to because she gets bored easy. Yeah. And it's amazing how like, you know, once they go away for a month or two, like in the closet in a, in a box and then they come back out and they're, you know, they're like brand new. Yes. 
It's that total uh, magical illusion. It's like, oh, wow, mom got me another toy. It's really the same. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It injects all that like excitement back into all those toys. So so that's always a lot of fun too. Again, real simple things to be able to do, but, you know, but still have some fun and make it interesting while you're maybe, you know, a little more inside than you'd like to be over the winter. You know what else you talked about the puzzle? We got a snuffle mat for sassy because she's so busy and she's young and she's you know she's four but she's very busy so we put and you know how i feel about the bell jack treats we stuff them and hid them because they have that great scent that they go nuts Mm -hmm. over and of course they taste delicious but she could be busy for the longest time just like going after those treats because they are great treats for a scent and they're nutritional so um and and i gotta tell you her coat is so glossy it's just like the other girls the other girls Aww. always had a glossy coat and you know how i feel about the um the little jacks that's like my mm-hmm. my lore that's my trick when people go how do you get them to do that and i pull out my little baggie out of my purse and i go here it is <laughs> <laughs> it's the bill jacks what makes like bill jack such a great solution for pet parents. I mean, you guys have so much to offer in the line of foods and also treats. We know, so it's funny that you mentioned Sassy's coat because one of the ways to really judge a food that I think is one of the strongest ways is to see how your dog's coat is doing. Yes. You know, is it is it shiny? Is it is it soft? I know it's all relative to the kind of dog you have, right? The kind of breed you have. But you know, that really makes a difference because the skin and coat is one of the last things to be nourished in the body. And so if you're seeing great skin and coat, you know that there's enough nourishment that's going all mm-hmm. the way out to the ends of their hair you know, all the way out to the ends of their fur. So, so that's, that's a really, really important point. And, you know, at Bill Jack, you know, we're really very focused on being able to provide that nutrition, right? We, we really take pride in how good skin and coat looks on a Bill Jack dog. And, you know, the, the thing that makes a difference is really the amount of high quality protein that we use to make Bill Jack. And we use 25 pounds of fresh chicken to make a 30 pound bag of our uh, adult select, for example. So, you know, it really makes a big difference because we get that chicken fresh and it's not frozen. You know, it goes in that food really pretty quickly and then it's cooked very gently. And then that helps to protect those key nutrients. The, you know, the nutrients, a lot of nutrients go in to begin with fresh. And then, you know, those nutrients, then we try to preserve as much of them as we can, protect as much of them as we can um, with that slow cooking. And that really makes a big difference for both taste and also just the amount of uh, essential amino acids and nutrients that your dog is able to get from the food. So that, that makes a really big difference to us. And we really make food for so many different kinds of dogs. You know, if your dog is a puppy, we have a variety of puppy foods for you. We just recently launched a picky no more puppy food. Uh, We have picky food for adult dogs. If you have a sensitive dog, we have sensitive varieties. So we really try to um, understand kind of what are the challenges with dogs and what kinds of nutritional um, support do they need to be healthy. And then we really, that's what we've we've kind of designed. You know, we also have wet food, which is great. Um, You know, if you want to add a little variety, and, uh, you know, add in a little something special. Maybe you have a dog who doesn't love to drink water. You know, you want to add a little bit more moisture. The wet food is really fantastic. And we just launched a Picky No More wet food this last year that um, that we're getting really uh, great positive feedback on. And then last but not least, I love the treats, right? Um, the, I can't say enough about our treats. Made with chicken liver and chicken. There is so much chicken liver and chicken in them. You know, dogs just, they smell that. Like you said, Sue, you know, they're looking through their snuffle mat for... <laughs> you know, for for their little treats and you know they're smelling them 
And also, when things are going on, you know, they all have their little seatbelts, and I have one in a little carrier. And if anyone, if they're getting a little, because they're like kids sometimes, they get a little mm-hmm. animated in the car. Someone sees a person walk by or a dog walk by, and all I have to do is open up my purse and take that little bag and shake it. Everybody's <laughs> quiet. It's like, oh, something good's going to happen. And it's then like they magic, get, right? Yeah. They pay attention. <laughs> they pay attention. And gosh, Kim, I've known you for years. I've been using those treats not only to train, uh, mm-hmm. but also to just because they're so nourishing. Like we said, we're, they're healthy. And one thing I want to bring up on the picky no more. Franny, who lived till she was just like a month short of turning 18. Yes. Um, she towards, you know, as she was getting to be more of a senior you know, we had talked and you had suggested picking no more. And I'm going to tell you that turned everything around for her. And she, and right up until Franny's last day, those little Bill Jack treats too, were just, she just loves them. So I have to tell you that through some lifetimes of my pets, Bill Jack has been a consistent product, a love, I'll say, because Aww. it's something, yeah, that I've gone to, and you've known me through all the way back to Sophia. Yes. And it's just, it's a great product. I can swear by it. And um, and I have doggies in the room right now that I swear by it. So <laughs> they're in our little studio here. So I thank you very much. Now, where can the listeners go to learn more about uh, Bill Jack and all of the, the things you have a lot going on on your website and your social media? Yeah, you know, our website is a great place to start out. It's BillJack.com, B-I-L-J-A-C.com. And um, we have a lot of information out there. We have information, obviously, about food and the different kinds we have. We can help you choose a food. Uh, We have uh, like a little store locator where you can actually type in your address or your zip code and find out what products are near you or where to kind of find those products. And then we also have a parent section where the parent section is great. It's got all kinds of information, like what we're talking about today. We, you know, we try to put some of those, post some of those articles from our best friends club. You can join our best friends club, which is our monthly email newsletter. And uh, we have offers in there like coupons and everything. Mm-hmm. You can join that on our pet parents navigation bar. Uh, we have training. So if you're looking for some training videos, we have a few of those training videos out there we talked about earlier today. So there's really a plethora of things to find out there on on the website. And then, of course, you know, we're also on, you know, Facebook and Instagram. And so we love hearing the stories, right, Sue? I love, I mean, it's just yes. so touching, like, to make mm-hmm. a difference in someone's life. You know, not just not just the pet parent, right, but but also to the dogs. Yes. And so uh, it's great to hear, like, you know, it's great to hear, oh, we, we love to when people tell us all about kind of what Bill Jack has done for their dog, because we're so happy that that's what we're doing, right? That's why we do it is so that we can hear those kinds of stories and we can help people and their dogs have great, happy lives together. Thank you. And Kim, thank you so much for being our guest today and for sharing helpful information for pet parents such as myself to keep our pups healthy, safe, and warm in the cold weather months. And also when it's cold outside, some uh, fun things to do inside so that we could keep our little furry friends busy. So I thank you so very much. Thank you. We'll be back in just a moment. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from PetLifeRadio. We would like to thank our guests this week. And also, as our doggy divas always say, Please love your pets because they love you unconditionally 
And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Doggy Diva Show. To find out more about Susan Marie and the Doggy Divas, visit them at their website, thedoggydiva.com, and on Facebook at The Doggy Diva Show. Tell your fellow pet parents about it. We look forward to having you join us again for the next episode. See you soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.